Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Acting Like an Actor. I'm your host, Sophie Jordan Collins. Today, we are joined by actress, writer, and producer Annalise Conroy. She is known for her work on Amazon's Bosch Legacy. Anna has only been acting in front of the camera for a little over a year, and she's already booked a co-star and done a ton of commercials. Plus, she literally got into SAG like three months after she started acting. Anna comes from a production background, so we talk about how she moved from working behind the camera to being in front of it, how she booked a co-star without an agent, and why she joined SAG the minute she got in. If you're an actor wondering if you should join SAG right now, or if you want to learn how you can book a co-star on a TV show by yourself without an agent, this is the episode for you. Are you rich? Are you famous? What have you been on? I don't really recognize you and neither does my mom. Can you laugh? Can you cry on command? I mean, you said you were an actor, man. Let's get back to playing in the Dude, I'm just acting like an actor. All right, everybody, welcome back to Acting Like an Actor. I'm your host, Sophie Jordan-Collins, and today we are joined by the lovely... I'm Annalise Conroy. Hello. It's Anna. So our first segment, Anna, that we always start with, just so our guests can get to know you a little bit, we can break down some walls, is irritating icebreakers. Oh my god. That's our first segment. So it's going to be three mildly annoying questions, just so they can get to know you. I love that. Just random questions. Wow, putting me in the hot seat right Mm -hmm. off the bat. Speaking of seats, what is your favorite seat on an airplane is the first question. I'm a window, yeah. I'm a window girl. Yeah. Easy. You don't even have to think about it. I feel like that comes from the need to know where we are at all times. Fair enough. (laughs) See, I also like the window, but then if I have to pee, it's very just not good. So I'm like, I my my preference is to have the entire row by myself and like hop around. I mean, if that was an option, <laughs> right. obviously preferable. But I love that. Got you. Okay. Did you have a stuffed animal as a child? Oh my god, I did. Okay, what was his or her name? Um, his name was Snort. Snort. Yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, this is so, this is wild. Not that. <laughs> um. So he was a Thai beanie baby. Okay. The big version. Okay. You know, and I had all three sizes, but the big version was like my heart, and then I eventually collected the medium and the small to love. like complete his. So family. the same, same. Okay, the same so Thai guy. Love. It's the red bull, but I, as a kid, thought it was a pig. Okay. So that's how he earned well, the name Snort. Love. Didn't realize that like the horns meant to bull. To me, I bought him at a garage sale for twenty five cents when I was like. <gasps> five or six and then um he had this long tail and I would bring him on the bus and whip people with him this is like insane love okay I was feisty mm-hmm. yeah wild love it all but, right what's yeah. the weirdest food you've ever eaten oh honestly like I don't know this may be controversial to call weird I find sea urchin to be a very strange experience okay but I don't know if it's weird because a lot of people eat sea urchin it's common yeah. but eating it is bizarre the texture is weird yeah i agree anna's story i'll give you guys a little preface is really cool because she started off in like production and that side of things and then she kind of made her way to the front of the camera and things also happen like really really quick for her in terms of like getting into sag and stuff like that so if you want to take it away oh my gosh sure well thank you for providing this channel to kind of share my story Mm -hmm. i think that's been a huge motivator in my journey and kind of just what pushes me every day but I started out working for ABC and analytics. So we would look at audience performance, show demographics, who's watching what, ranking everything across all of Disney's 
television networks and streamers, including Hulu. And I, I was pretty good at it because I think um, similar to you, which is why I think our friendship took off so quickly when we met is that we both are going to give our full selves to what we're doing and try to add value mm -hmm. in really clear ways. And so I think in that it was really hard to think about leaving as I started realizing how much I loved talking to producers and writers and creatives about their show performance. And it just started piquing my interest and Disney and ABC had all of these really great mentorship opportunities and development opportunities to go listen to showrunners and you know other writers producers about their journeys and how mm -hmm. they got to be where they were one day i sat in on a meeting with the head of casting for 21st century fox and everything she said just like struck a chord with me and i started thinking about how much i wanted to dive into acting class and and be a writer in all these creative pursuits but because i didn't go to university for it i didn't think it was possible so I would shove it down and shove it down and be like, mm -hmm. no, but you're good at this job. You're providing value. You have a consistent paycheck, like stay here. And then at the end of 2020 in COVID, I had been there for a year and eight months and I got laid off, which ended up being the biggest blessing for me because I started dabbling in production and PA'd a little bit, did two seasons of The Bachelor, which is pretty wild. She got to travel um, and stuff for it too. I did, I did. Um, I think Austria was the best. I did the Sound of Music tour on my day off in Salzburg. And that was one of the coolest experiences of my life. And I'm still very close with my Bachelor production team, even though um, I had told them from the get-go, I'm only doing two seasons and then I'm done. And I think that it's very it, right? hard. Yeah. Okay. It's really hard in this industry to leave things that are steady when you yeah. have your eye on um, a future goal. I think you have to constantly be moving and evolving and asking yourself, what purpose is this job serving for me in the long run? Mm -hmm. And I think Bachelor um, is really, it was really instrumental in my growth as a human. Mm -hmm. And it taught me how to love myself and be adventurous and not be scared of life and take risks and make a community. Yeah. And I took that with me and I knew I needed to pivot from unscripted to scripted because those worlds are completely separate. Yeah. Crew, cast, the network unscripted doesn't always talk to scripted you know even at the top um and you have heads of like the president of abc will have completely different departments and they rarely talk to each other so mm -hmm. that is true across the industry but i knew for my goals acting writing creating my own show that i needed to be unscripted and so i i very diligently tried to find my way onto a scripted set i did them god what was it? A few weeks of COVID health and safety on a Fox show called Love Victor. Oh, okay. and, and that really kind of taught me about being on set. Mm -hmm. From there, I met someone who got me a job assisting a producer on Bill Burr's directorial debut, Old Dads, which was number one on Netflix all of October. A great movie, really out there. Um, but that was super fun to work with that team and I grew a really great relationship with that line producer after that I was like okay I'm gonna not do production anymore I'm gonna open this door into the acting space booked a background gig with Sophie which was four days and this mm -hmm. was my first like 
TV film thing. Because before that, I had been doing, like, the, you know, the little commercials, which are all valuable things. Yeah. Every experience on a set or even UGC, user-generated content, things that you are doing at home, all of that is going to boost your confidence, diversify your portfolio. Everything does add value. And I think, like, Mm -hmm. sometimes when people talk about, like, these little gigs or when you book your first co-star and it comes out and you're like, oh, it's only a line. All of that takes people years. So I think you need to be proud every single thing and also you're not going to be ready right off the bat to be thrown in like a big movie no like i thought that i was but i am so glad i've done so many of these smaller things so you can watch and learn and f up now on these smaller things as opposed to when it comes so yeah i agree with that yeah it's huge and i think like you're saying those big things will come when you're ready and you're just learning about the process and Mm -hmm. and how to take up space throughout this journey especially as a woman where it's a little more difficult but um finally had booked a background gig with you and they crazy enough needed us four days in a row and we got SAG vouchers every day and I wasn't going to join SAG because I obviously didn't have the um, credits Credits. which everybody that's what everybody always says do you hear that as well it's like you become SAG eligible and people like no we need to wait yeah wait until you're a must join da 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 whatever right and maybe for some people that's fair mm-hmm. because I know people who've been eligible for like 10 years and they just have never had to join and they're doing the kind of work that they want to do. And I think everybody has different career goals with it and that's yeah. fine. Um, but I booked a web series later that summer. This is 2021. So our our background gig was in April mm-hmm. for a movie called The Trainer, which hasn't come out yet super interested to see if it does <laughs> we're not really sure yeah yeah that's also a story. side note that was just like such a fun it was so fun background gig i don't usually do background gigs but the no, only no, reason yeah. i had done it is because it was consistent it was four days i was yeah. like whatever and we were all getting pound. the sag right yeah it was at the dog pound yeah. but, like the group of us was so cool i still such talk cool with people. like multiple people from that, that yeah set. it was just a fun group but anyway it was a really great community mm-hmm. and it, it did feel i think that you have this intuition right where something feels right mm-hmm. and you have to trust that and that was one of those things where it was like yeah. okay i'm meant to do this and be here yeah um and so when i booked the web series in july of 2021 they said that i did need to join zag yeah if i wanted the the role and it was only a one-line assistant which you're like okay i'm gonna join sag which is three thousand dollars to earn 125 you know for one day but but I just felt in my heart that this is what I needed to do and I sometimes it is an unexplainable feeling yeah you know? and you need to trust that because every time I yes. don't trust that right and probably same for you yes just something is off and every time I do trust it it yes. always works out so yeah. it's like you have to listen to that inner voice so you good do on you. yeah mm-hmm. and I took that I joined I filmed with some other amazing actors a couple from the first acting studio that i joined in 2020 so it's fun to kind of see people full circle oh you did the web series with them yeah yeah did you know they were a part of it when you joined or no the girl um diana her last name's it looks like atai okay totally butchering that okay okay um but her her name's diana and she wrote the series and she plays the lead and she's from the studio that i was going to class at and she was kind of looking for people from the studio mm. to help them out. So we we still all auditioned, but okay, I think gotcha. she's looking for cool, people though. like in her community. Yeah. Yeah. And so every single thing that has happened to me 
in this space, not every single, almost every single thing has been because of relationships. Yeah. And they say that it's all about who you know, but that shouldn't be a scary thing. I think it just goes to show that like when you show up and you're building genuine relationships, things do happen. Mm-hmm. So this is such a long-winded story and I promise we're near the end. Um, but I booked the web series, you know, filmed that. And then my line producer from the Bill Burr movie, Old Dads, reached out to me to come assist her on an Amazon show called Bosch. It's their first original television show, longest running original series. We just filmed or season two of the spinoff aired this past fall. What's the spinoff? It's called Bosch Legacy. So, oh, okay, right. So Bosch was seven seasons. Bosch Legacy okay. is on season two. Okay. <clears throat> They're about to start filming season three. Cool. So I was assisting in the production office and I had just told myself financially I need something stable again. It's a constant push-pull, mm-hmm. as you know, of yeah. working creatively, um, trying to invest in yourself, build up your materials, and then taking a consistent job to hopefully build yourself up a little bit. So I told myself um, working with Jamie was something that I found immense benefit doing and that that relationship felt critical to continue cultivating Mm -hmm. versus trying to find odds and ends to make ends meet. So I decided to, to do that. And it's September of last year at this point. Oh my gosh, my years are totally mixed up. Okay, so you've been saying 2021, but it's 2022. I have been saying 2021. I know, and I've been thinking it was... Oh my god. It's almost 2024, and we're losing it. Okay, Okay, so 2022. we can fix this in post. It's true. I'll have Connor add in the text. Thank you, Connor. Um, Connor, just like add in. Just add in 2022 every time we've said 2021. I can't believe neither of us caught that either. I'm like, yeah, it's 2022 right now. No, No. yeah, it's just been such a time warp. Mm -hmm. No, you're right. So September of 2022, last year. Yeah, I think it's because it's about to be 2024. Which is crazy. It's just, yeah. I know. I can't COVID. handle it. It, took, it okay. took away three years. Yes. Okay, so our background gig mm-hmm. and all of the web series things, that's happening in 2022. Mm-hmm. Yes, last year. Yes. <laughs> Go. Okay, so we're filming Bosch fall of last year. September comes around. And my boss, Jamie, the line producer, she learns that I was in SAG, asks the showrunner to write me a part in the finale to give me my first co-star. And then I filmed that on December 1st last year, which was the coolest experience because I knew the whole crew from both Old Dads and Bosch. I was the one that sent out all the call sheets and I was sitting in um, cast holding with Titus Welliver, who plays the lead Harry Bosch. And... um, this other detective opposite him telling them kind of how I had gotten to be there today and Titus knew me because I was obviously helping with his sides all the time but they both were just like kind of tearing up at the story of how somebody who believes in you and sees your value will invest in you and I think what speaks volume is volumes is I showed up to Bosch not expecting anything like that to happen and this woman Jamie continuing to show up for me and having faith in me and it just being the coolest experience because like the prop master saw me in the production office for the you know four months before that and everyone was just like cheering me on once we wrapped yeah. you know it was just, it was the coolest experience that I will never forget and 
obviously having that footage and, and credit has allowed me to feel a little more legitimized because mm-hmm. this has all happened in the span of two years. Less than two years. Less girl. than two yeah. years. Yeah. That's crazy. And yeah, because honestly, all of that acting trajectory happened in 2022. Yeah. And then this year, I've been solely focusing on writing a television pilot and trying to get that off the ground. And then obviously just getting all that footage back. And yeah. It's and it's been, been a effing weird year. So it it's has, hard for anybody to really get anything. Year. Yeah. It's hard for anybody to yes. say, I worked on this this year. No, because no. we weren't working for a long time. So, right. Yeah. Good on you, though, for using the time to write. That was. Yeah. yeah. And I think it has been a planting seeds and watering your garden year. Mm-hmm. Very much so. And next year, that will all come to fruition yeah no I love that I I love too how everything in your journey is like kind of full circle like it all always works out because had you not taken that gig working on Bosch you wouldn't have got that co-star on Bosch if you wouldn't have trusted that little voice about joining SAG you wouldn't have gotten the co-star exactly I know Bosch so it's like everything does um yeah everything does work out and it is working out and it's funny because you can't always see it like you're I'm sure you're taking this job in production again it's a little bit nerve-wracking like oh I said I was going to do this acting thing but I'm going to go back right and do this and yeah and just trusting yourself yeah yeah no I love that I think they call it the invisible string theory you know that like everything is so intricately connected and that takes a lot of um faith in the Mm -hmm. universe but that is how I choose to you know process life and attribute everything that happens yeah in my life yeah no me too it's not always knowing that you're making the right decision it's just picking something and then trusting that like you're not always going to understand how or why it works out but you just have to pick and trust absolutely um i'm curious anna since you're so in touch with your inner voice do you have any advice for people on how to listen to that inner voice or how to hear it a little bit better (laughs) have you always felt have you always felt that you've been good about hearing it or no is it something that's kind of happened over the last few years i think it's twofold i think listening to your intuition and loving yourself enough to respect what you feel is best for you does it start a little bit in childhood because my parents raised me not to be afraid of anything yeah so i always felt like anything i wanted to explore was allowed and was possible and i never had limitations placed on me so while my parents obviously valued um consistent work and my dad comes from like a math and science stem background they did want me to go in that trajectory but if there's anything I was interested in, I was never told, you can't do that. Or yeah. this, I was never put in a box. Exactly. Yeah. They really allowed me to, to dream. Mm-hmm. They, they raised me in an environment where you could dream freely. And and so I do, um, my personal slogan is dream without ceilings. Because I think you need to see yourself having limitless potential. Yeah. And so I just try to, to lean into that every day, even when it's frightening and scary. Mm-hmm and you don't know how something's gonna turn out, um, they taught me not to be risk adverse. So I I think that my belief system, my value system is really rooted in that, Yeah. you know? And I think that people need to feel support in their life to take risks, to, you know, decide when it's time to make a change Mm -hmm. and feel that the people around them will love them regardless. And because I have such a positive community around me I don't feel afraid to do that yeah you know so I don't think it's as much like knowing what I want it's the fact that I don't feel what I choose will affect my relationships and community because I think your life experience and satisfaction comes from 
the love you have around you. Yeah. And if you are lacking in love and support, you aren't going to feel like you can make changes and do risky things. And um, I don't think you trust yourself enough. Yeah. Yeah. So it it almost sounds like you're saying that your self-worth and stuff Mm. like that isn't coming from like acting or from success or from money. You're like self-worth and those foundational things are coming from the love from people around you or coming from within. Yeah. And so you're not like striving and stressing when it comes to the business. Absolutely. I love the way you packaged that. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. No, no, that's Um, great. Thank you. That's, that's spot on. I am curious for you as well, because I know you said that you had wanted to act and you kept like shoving the voice down. Is there like one specific moment where you officially decided like, okay, I'm done. And if there is, can you tell us that story? Like I'm done shoving this voice down. I need to like do this thing. Absolutely. Very clearly. Um, so this year in 2023, it has been, like I was saying, a massive growth year and still going into this year, I was a little bit skittish and and afraid to accept that that was this identity I was going to lean into. Mm -hmm. And I took an acting class in May with Annie Grindley. She's fantastic. She's more focused on the auditioning process and on camera. Is she a casting director? Am I making that up? I don't believe so. Maybe uh, she must have previous experience. Maybe. She worked with Margie Haber. Oh, okay. Is is that how you pronounce Margie Haber? Mm -hmm. Yeah. She started with Margie 20 years ago and now she has her own studio and she is fantastic. That was an on-camera class where it was two times a week. And you'd get the sides 30 minutes before class and then go up and tape with her and then have to watch her tape back in front of the whole class. And I started that really nervously and and just felt like I didn't belong in this room with other really talented people. Imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome really, really intensely. And by the end of the class, I, I definitely felt better. But um, really to get to the root of your question here, what cracked my whole self-confidence and security wide open was starting this job at Universal as a VIP tour guide. I started that in June, right okay. after this class. I want to stop you right there. Okay, yes. I want to tell you guys how competitive this Universal oh, like tour guide it is thing is. Kind of crazy. It is. You, they like start you with a self tape, then you yeah. go in person, then you have a second round of callbacks. Yeah. I did this last summer, so I did the self tape, got called in for the in person, effing bombed it at the in person. But that's because but, they made you go first, which is not whatever, fair. Beside the point. Yeah. I'm like in this group, and I was talking amongst other people, and what I was blown away about is how many of them had come back, and they were like, "This is my fourth time trying to do this." this this is my third time trying to do this. Yeah. Like, this is my dream. Yeah. Um, yeah. And even, not that this matters too, but um, a lot of them are like quite older than me even. Absolutely. And like really wanting to do it. And 100%. I was like, goodness gracious. So many career um, Yeah. So it's very competitive. Like hundreds of people audition and yeah. to, to get to be a guide is a really big thing, let alone a VIP guide. But yeah. anyway, continue on. No, I, I love that you prefaced that. Um, I didn't realize that as it was presented to me and it's really crazy kind of slightly mentioning the whole invisible string process a girl that I met at ABC who interviewed with my department she didn't even get the job we connected so deeply that we connected on LinkedIn stayed in touch and she started working as a studio tour guide at Universal earlier this year and she's the one who told me about it that this past spring they were looking for more guides and I was like oh that sounds like the perfect gig you know, mm-hmm. where you can have um, an environment of people that are trying to make it, right, and yeah. create and be surrounded by like-minded people. So I, I did, um, in June, start that, and then 
was so crazy after you go through the whole audition process the training is two weeks the manual of everything you have to memorize is 70 pages about the whole movie studio because Universal has over 100 years of film history and you have to learn all of that not necessarily verbatim but I had never had to memorize that much material in one chunk before because I didn't go to school for acting musical Mm -hmm. theater anything like that so this was my first experience memorizing a massive chunk of literature of any capacity and the fact that I could do that and after the two weeks they immediately let us audition for VIP which like never happened so it was also crazy right place right time Mm -hmm. um passed through the audition to go into VIP ran into another two weeks of training and that manual was another 40 pages because you walk your guests around the movie set so you're not just talking on the tram you're walking them through the sound stages so you have to know even more and have this like rich filmography knowledge so that whole process took almost two months and then I started the VIP gig and you have 12 guests a day and you take them through the theme park for four hours and to the movie studio for two and you're with them all day in this position of authority and they look to you for guidance they have questions they're learning from you and it it boosted my confidence in such a way that everyone in my life said you seem like a different person and what's really kind of full circle is this class with Annie Grindley um I, I made a friend in this class and we've recently like kind of rekindled our friendship and he had mentioned like you literally don't seem like the same person whatever youtube tutorial you watched or did for a glow up worked and i just laughed because i didn't try to like rebrand or you know change who i am as a person like i i still have the same value system and I am still me, but I am so much more comfortable showing up in spaces and trusting myself and knowing you can memorize materials that come to you and um, you do have this talent and charisma and light. And I I just think like the love that my coworkers have shown me and my guests in asking, like I had this guest in October who was like, are you an actress? Because you have fantastic energy and I hope that you're pursuing that, not knowing any of my path. Mm So I think the universe gives you gifts like that to reassure you along the way and so just that whole experience that was such another long-winded answer i think we're getting that's what we love my people they always they love the long we're storytellers Mm -hmm. that's what we do and and you know i think that whole experience of of learning so much material being able to share that in my own way allowed me to to feel like i absolutely can do this and so now i've show up every day very proud to be an actor a writer and content creator yeah no I love that I think too that's a good testament that like life experience just makes you a better actor because again you could have looked at the studio job as like ugh, why am I having to take a job as a studio like I'm an actor yeah I know you took it you dove into it again you went full force like I'm gonna provide value in this space yes and you were rewarded for that as it always that's kind of a theme in your journey which I love yeah Um, absolutely it's also so good too to have a lot of film knowledge like that too so I'm sure that like having all that knowledge on Universal is yes yeah it's so good people are always um 
Yeah, I mean, you know how it is in the business. We're always talking about the films, and so the fact that your yeah. knowledge has expanded, too, I'm sure is, has only helped you and will continue to help you. 100%, and I think one of our jobs as an actor is to know the landscape, because yeah. you should know the writer, director, producers of the projects that you're going mm -hmm. out for, relatively, because obviously you've got new people coming up all yeah. the time. Yeah. But knowing the studios, knowing what kind of content comes out of certain production companies and what the producer's goal is or genre mm -hmm. like all of that is enriching information that's going to help you and yeah I do think that you know we have we get invited to all of these screenings and events and those are important to go to because you are enriching your knowledge and experience yeah, and so much of our job is just having an awareness of the industry what's going yeah. on who the key players are, mm -hmm. you know. Yeah, that's really important too, and I think that's a part we can easily neglect sometimes as actors. For you sure. get so busy on like your day job and like the craft of acting that you forget that it is a business and to kind of know those industry things, which For sure. um, again, it's so competitive in LA. There's so many talented actors here that just knowing that stuff can give you a little bit of an edge. Not that that's yeah. necessarily the only reason to do it, but it definitely does give you an edge and it makes you easier to to talk to about those things and you understand what you're going up for and things like that, which is really important. Yeah, 100%. Um, On March 1st, signed with my current manager. Cool. And she's lovely. Her name's Christina um, with California Talent. She's great, but it's hard because I started with her in March and things were slow at that time regardless, and then we obviously had the strike. Weird year, yeah. Mid-strike, I reached out to commercial agents because I felt like I got some good commercial materials back and had been working pretty consistently. I know you work a lot with UGC agencies like mm -hmm. Ready, Set, Tube Science, Talent, stuff like that, yeah. and I do feel like a lot of those commercials, especially if you're in their studios, are professional quality. Yeah. And so I used a lot of that Oh, to cool. send to commercial agents yeah, and say, like... Yeah, that's so smart. I, I am... I'm not booking broadcast TV commercials, but I don't have access to those auditions. Here's what mm -hmm. I am booking, and here's the value I can add. You yeah. Know? And I'm also going to work hard for you, mm -hmm. because we're a team. I'm not expecting you to do all this for me. Yeah. And so I signed with a commercial agent in July. Oh, cool. And so have both of them, you know, kind of helping behind the scenes yeah. but I have not booked anything with either of them since so it, yeah. I think it's hard to know because a lot of people are like oh of I, course I auditions and it's really hard to gauge if it's them or you or your materials yeah. you know and it's been such a funky year and such a funky yeah. year so I think you have to give it time mm -hmm. I just updated my headshots and I think that they're really great and mm -hmm. I'm hopeful that that kind of changes things yeah. a little your circumstance is different as well because since sure. you joined SAG so early, yes. you weren't able to do those non-union commercials that so many of us LA actors right. do where it seems like, oh, we're working all the time on these like big professional sets. And like they are, but they're yeah. still non-union commercials, um, right. which there's kind of a – there's a – pros and cons to the commercial world when it comes to SAG I think because obviously if you join yeah. SAG the commercial rates are so much better and you get residuals and stuff as opposed to non-union but these days there are a lot of non-union commercials so, so it's kind of a yeah. a trade-off I'm yeah. I'm curious though have you auditioned a little bit commercially at least or not too much at all my manager has gotten me probably 10 10 to 12 auditions okay. this year and my agent 
commercial agent has gotten me four. Can I so, ask? Um, yeah, yeah. Sorry, with your manager, yes, are please. you? Um, what type of projects are you going up for with your manager? Is it TV? Is it film? They've all been commercial. Oh, oh, yeah, or, okay. Or like a couple. So they both films. submit you. Okay, yeah. well that makes sense because so, the strike and stuff. There was really no TV yeah, or okay. Yeah. So commercials. That's good though that yeah. you're going up. Okay, well, cool. And, um, my manager, she's kind of representing me across all mediums. Okay. Yeah. So theatrical and commercial. Oh, cool. But obviously since March there really hasn't been a ton. Yeah. So there were a couple like short films that that she submitted me for. Yeah. But, you know, we're just starting to come out of that. Um she got me an audition for a Rolling Stones music video a few oh, cool. weeks ago, which was exciting. Yeah. Feels like things are really starting to Pick get up rolling again. again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's the hope. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna wrap up with some just little about you questions, I love it. Anna. I love it. Yeah. Um a lot of what we like to talk about here on acting like an actor is just the day to day life of an actor because I think it's just so weird what we do and the way we live our lives. So I just it like is. to hear um, <laughs> this question's hard for an actor, but okay. if you could, what would a day in the life of Anna be like? Um, you can pick any day because I know every day is different, but just uh, maybe you have an audition, just a chill day. It's so, <laughs> that's such a hard question. Um, that's, it's a hard question because. I do think that, like, if I'm designing my ideal day, it's not going to have anything to do with work because I am such a workaholic. I know that you are this way as well, that I feel that every minute of my time needs to be used valuably, you know? So in the break room, I have my laptop and um, I just finished making a pitch deck for my show and I'm doing things constantly. So my ideal day would be me allowing myself to step away from that feeling of needing to be productive at all times. Yeah. Just because there is no structure to the industry and that you can be constantly furthering yourself and, yeah. you know, That's self-submitting, yeah. writing ideas down, networking with people, mm-hmm. reaching out. Like, it's, it's literally never-ending. Yeah. It is. So my ideal day would be at home in Colorado Springs with my family. I haven't gotten to catch up with them much in the last few years Yeah, since... COVID, since kind of coming out of COVID, I moved back to LA in 2021. That's mm-hmm. where I'm getting that year from. <laughs> so oh, okay, okay. 2021 was the bachelor year and production yeah. year. 2022 acting year. We can do this. Mm-hmm. But my ideal day would be catching up with them at home. We have a lot of animals and, yeah. you know, in the winter it's so cozy with the snow. I'm not getting to go home for Christmas because it's I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Okay. So I think right now where my heart is, is I'm really missing my loved ones and it's just kind of been a year of sacrifice to try and obviously make ends meet and like not working a production job means that your earning potential is a little bit lower Mm -hmm. just less consistent um because universal's my job at universal is based on crowd levels and attendance and so when we're not at a busy time of the year i'm not working okay you know so we're like just trying to juggle everything ugc commercial work other random freelance things yeah you know and your all your side hustles so I haven't had the ability to really go home or or spend a lot of quality time with family where I'm not distracted yeah fair enough that's real yeah yeah. so my ideal day would be home no stress just enjoying their company Mm -hmm. January 
cut this part out. In maybe January. January. Flights are cheaper in January. No, 100%. Yeah. Go home for a week. It'll happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then also, I have to remind myself this too, you probably do as well, Anna, that like, it is really, it actually is productive to take a break. I agree. Because if we don't, you'll go into the ground. Yeah. Yeah. And it does, like, I always find every time I do it, I come back so much more full. I come back with vision. I come back lively. Like, it always ends up being beneficial, which is funny because it sounds like it wouldn't be, but it, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, do your thing soon, girl, because you've been going, going for a while. No, you too. I appreciate you. Um, okay. And then my last question, well, second to last question, yeah. how do you take care of yourself, Anna? I, this is so funny. I feel like we're so similar. I love lifting weights and I go to Gold's Venice and I don't know why it just fills up my cup so much. It's like half people watching, half working out. Yeah. It's so fun. Um, and I love going for walks. I live in Santa Monica off of like fourth street where we're on this hill and you can see the ocean oh pretty and like walking to the beach walking along the beach is something I, that i really love yeah um and allowing myself to like treat myself to a fun smoothie or yeah like a treat but something that makes me feel good mm-hmm. yeah it's something i've been doing lately lately i've been doing a jar of Erewhon soup a week. Which, Love like, it. It's crazy. It's like $18 for this like jug of soup, but it makes me so happy. And so it's kind of like... It's a treat. Li- yeah. Yeah. These little ways that make you happy. Yeah. Um, that's obviously not enough. I think we all could be doing more to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Because that's all kind of like based on this um, reward-based model. Mm-hmm. Like, you have to earn taking care of yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's a piece that we're working on. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. I also feel like as creatives, this sounds so weird, but I almost feel like I take care of myself by doing what I love. Because I, I love, like, yeah. people are always asking me, like, how do you do so much? Yeah. And da-da-da. And I'm like, because it doesn't feel like work. Right. Nothing I do feels like work. Yeah. Um, I think back to the trainer. Like, it blows my mind that, like, that's work. And, like, oh, we yeah, got paid so for that stuff. Fun. And it's just like, yeah, when you're on set and yeah. stuff. And it's just fun when you're doing what you love. Yeah. Um, it's almost like that's taking care of yourself in a way, too. Not forcing yourself to do things that you hate Absolutely. doing. Um. Yeah, that's Yeah, huge. but finding a, a balance between that. And um, I guess adding on to that, like, setting boundaries is taking care of yourself, right? Like, yeah. recognizing what relationships are enriching in your life and which aren't. I think that the past few years have been really focused on cultivating the relationships where people are adding value to my life and understand mm-hmm. where I'm going and what I'm seeking out of that relationship. And people who are receptive to, obviously, the, the love that I have to give. Yeah. Versus um, those people that can just be energy orbs that just suck the life out of you. Yeah. You and know. don't fill you up back. No. It's like a one-sided thing. Right. Yeah. So part of taking care of yourself, I think, is like knowing how to say no. Saying no to situations and people yeah. that are not going to make you feel good, even when you feel really guilty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that thing on TikTok lately that's like Jomo, Joy of Missing Out? I like oh, think about that sometimes. I like interesting. That makes it's sense like, though. I like yeah, that. saying no to so much. But. Yeah. Okay, so now it's time for our final segment, which is Fast, Fast Frisky, Frisky Five. Five. It's just oh. five random okay. rapid fire questions that oh require God. a lot of thought, but they're oh. rapid fire. Okay, so, so I it's like a, Yeah, we'll see. Okay. Favorite quote? My grandma used to always say we're golden. 
Oh, I that, love it. That's not really um, a direct quote. I'm not really a quote person. Okay, fair enough. But but no, my grandma used to always say we're golden to mean like we're good and it's okay. it's gonna be great and I have it tattooed on my shoulder. Oh cute. So that's like my favorite we'll call it a verse. Yeah. That's a good little like actor thing too, I feel like. It's just yes. as we live our lives. It's like no matter what's going on, we're golden. We're golden. It's good. We're Trust it's that. working out. Yeah. And it always is. Yeah, we're all set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is something in LA that you love that not a lot of people know about? I live on the west side, and it's tough because most people in the industry that I'm meeting do not, especially at work. We're in the gigs, valley. They're in the yeah. valley. They're in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. And and so I feel like what I love about L.A. is the vibe of this Santa Monica Venice in between, okay. where we have this, like, street called Rose, full of all my favorite restaurants, and... My favorite place this year has been Layla Bagels. Okay. On Ocean Park. So that would be, like, my one thing about LA. Love like, it. I do think that foodies know about it. So this is why it's, it's not, like, a... It's not a secret. Okay. I've not heard of it, but again, I'm not a West Side girl. So okay. noted for when I go over there. Right. Layla's so Bagels. So my favorite thing about LA right now is Layla Bagels. Okay. And we're going to, like, kind of helicopter out of that and say the infatuation. My favorite thing okay. about LA is the infatuation, because I'm such a foodie. And you can always look at, like, types of restaurants you want to go to, occasions, when out-of-towners are visiting, and how it's to true. entertain them. Like, yeah. that is my favorite. It's, like, my favorite social media. It's going on the infatuation. Love it. I love it. We can get you a brand deal with them or something. <laughs> no, oh, my God. Hey, hey, guys, I love know. you. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite line in a movie? Okay, so this is just me, like, not being a quote person or a line person. Okay, this is so segueing, but you know how people have songs living rent-free in their brains? Yeah. Music, song lyrics. I'm not that person. Okay. I don't remember song lyrics that way. Okay. You know how people, like, hear a song from their childhood and they can just start singing it? I don't know song lyrics. Oh. Like, I don't I don't think I'm, um, there's, like, a type of learning. You're not an auditory learner, maybe? No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, no. All right. No, I'm visual. I have to read things to understand them. She's just making an excuse as to why she doesn't I make, have a... No. I make so many excuses, 100%. But yeah. no, no. That makes sense. Like, I got you. Uh, um, yeah. Okay, this question's really difficult. Okay, okay. Pickles, yay or nay? Yes. Okay, that's good. 100%. And our final question, recent okay. obsession. Daisy Jones and the Six. Okay. I mean, I wish that I could think of a line from that show, because that would be it. So, I haven't watched the show. Unpopular opinion. I read the book. And you didn't like it? It was so boring. It was so hard for me to okay, follow. I toughed I, it out, but... I completely disagree. Just like uh, Did you read the it. book? Yes. I read okay. the book first, and then the show. And it, it was slow. And I love that author, fair. too. Yeah. Taylor Jenkins Reid. I do think that people have very specific genres that they're interested in. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I follow a few girls on Book Talk. And their niche of book talk is completely different from each other. Yeah. You know? Like, you, the genres that you want to digest are, are so different. Yeah. And same with our taste in music and film and TV. Yeah. You know? So, Daisy Jones has been my whole personality this year. Okay. Love. Fleetwood Mac. You know, just, like, okay. right along those lines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Vibes. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to leave our Acting Like an Actor viewers with? Oh, my gosh. Well, I hope that if nobody tells you today... We are proud of you and we love you. See you next week. Bye.